wow, Jeff, you're famous. I, I feel like now I need to go find one of those and chase one of them and, and have you sign it. I mean, having your hands, I don't think I'll, I'll, I'll look at your hands the same after that. Hey, this is Sheila Gibson, and I'm a big-ass runner from Fort Worth, Texas. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here's your favorite big-ass hosts, Jeff Harrell and Stephen Pritt. Well, thank you, Sheila. Hey, Stephen, did you know Sheila is from Fort Worth? Yeah, she's just right across the DFW Metroplex. And she has finished an Ironman. Yeah. Well, hey, Sheila, thanks so much for doing that introduction. And what I love the best about Sheila, it says that she is a pizza connoisseur or enthusiast. So we might have to hit her up for some good pizza joints around Dallas-Fort Worth. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast. I'm Jeff Harrell. And I'm Stephen Pritt. Stephen, you sound a little different than normal. Yeah, Jeff, I'm, I'm a little different because I'm coming to you from my house. Uh-oh. What are you doing yeah. in your house? Come on over. Well, I've heard that uh, that maybe you have, have some news a little bit for us. Yeah, if you guys don't know, we record here in the Big Ass Runner production studio at my house. And normally, Steven's here right across the table. And Timmy Time sometimes is across to you on the other side, as is Marcy Baser. But today, that cannot happen because, unfortunately, COVID has struck the Big Ass Runner podcast. Yeah, so unfortunately, we're calling from in and doing this remotely from from each other today. Yes, I tested positive last Tuesday. It was a big bummer, and I can tell you, Stephen, the first my first thought when I heard I had a positive test was, "How are we going to record the podcast?" That was my first. <laughs> my yeah, first it, it was funny. I was like, Jeff, no, you need to go take care of everything, and he's like, "How are we going to get this done?" And I was like, "I'm sure our listeners will understand," but you know what, Jeff? Considering everything, you sound good, and we're persevering anyway. Yes, I'm on day eight. It's been quite the journey. I live with my wife and my youngest son. They fortunately have tested negative, but what that means is I have been quarantined to the front bedroom of our house that has a separate bathroom, and so it's been like a 12 by 12 jail cell. <laughs> And that's probably been the hardest part is just being isolated for eight days, going on nine days. I've got two more days left. I get retested on Friday, recording this on a Wednesday night. And man, fingers crossed that I get the negative and can rejoin society, Stephen. It's been a quite quite the journey. Yeah, I know, Jeff. We've we've missed you and and thankfully, you know, you're navigating it well. I don't know if your family's sliding food underneath the door to you and stuff, but um last week we had a big race, one of the first and only races to come on the scene in Dallas Fort Worth. And Jeff, I know you were scheduled and Timmy Time and myself and some other listeners. We actually had a listener, Josiah from Tyler come up and, and run the race. And I know you were scheduled to uh, to run that with us. And we severely missed you, but I'm glad you're doing the right thing and staying home and taking care of yourself. Yes, I found out that Clydesdales are not immune to the COVID. <laughs> you can't outrun it. Yep, you can't outrun it as fast as you are. You know, I, I am, though, thankful. It, it's been up and down. I think a lot of people you know, have, have asked me how it's been. Um, I don't know if our listeners have known someone that's had COVID or not. I've had, I think, pretty typical symptoms, mainly a cough, 
mainly congestion, a headache that just comes out of the blue. Really? Right behind your eyes and right behind your ears. It's the weirdest thing. And then fatigue. I have slept more in the last eight, nine days. <laughs> Probably three months prior, which probably told me my body was ready for a little bit of rest. So, Jeff, it sounds like the sleeping and the headache and the fatigue um, and the coughing. What's really been the worst part? Is it the symptoms or has it been the quarantining or just not being able to get outside? Or Yeah, I think I think the quarantine has definitely been. And, and it's mainly because you miss the big things are obvious, right? You're not around your family and your friends and all that. It's a right. little, it's the little things that you take for granted. Mm-hmm. I think that have been the biggest thing. Just like you know, kissing your wife, hugging your kids, walking to the fridge and grabbing something out of the fridge. Like I, I walk out, out the door opens, and my wife's like, "Get back in there, go go back to rest." <laughs> um, she is very been, smart. Yes, she's been fantastic. She has waited on me hand and foot. She has been like room service. <laughs> what do you want for breakfast? What do you want for lunch? I have kept my appetite, so you know that's good. Kept my strength up, but I think yeah, that's it, Stephen. I think it's I think it's the isolation, mm-hmm. missing out on those little things, being able to go outside and go for a run. I can't do that right now, and I, you know mainly yeah. because I, I don't feel up to it. I'm very lethargic, very tired. Even just walking around the block, which I've tried to do a couple of times, just to get some sunshine. And you're out of breath. And again, the thing I'm thinking about is, man, we've got a 50K coming up. And <laughs> training is way off. And uh, those things I know are secondary. I have been fortunate and blessed in my symptoms. I know a lot of people have it worse than I do. But I think a couple of things I'm, I'm certainly thankful for are those little things in life I just mentioned. But also being in shape. You know, a lot of a lot of people my age, and I'm not, I'm not real old, I'm in my 50s, but you know, a lot of people in in my age range are a little bit more at risk because of either diabetes or being overweight or, mm-hmm. you know, asthma or whatever the case may be. And running is a big part of why this was not a dangerous event for me. And so I'm very thankful for that. And then the last thing I think I'm super thankful for are friends, my friends in, in the community. I have had more people reaching out and texting and calling what can we do for you? I mean, Stephen, you offered to mow my yard. I mean, it's just been <laughs> fantastic. And I think you really realize how important your friends and your community are when you're in a situation where you just kind of feel a little bit helpless. Like, hey, you know, I just can't do the things I, I want to do. And you just lean on your friends and your community in, in times like that. Obviously, miss being there in person and miss having you at the race. Any other advice, Jeff, that you would give to trail runners or ultra runners, you know, if, if they think they have symptoms or just things that, you know, obviously this is a, a big deal in terms of what's happening in the scope of America, but any, any last minute kind of thoughts on that? Yeah, I would say don't be fearful, but at the same time, be smart. Okay. And I was pretty smart. I don't know how I got it. Actually. I wore masks when I was outside, you know, didn't do anything you know, that would put me at risk. In fact, I ran the night uh, before I got my positive test with you and a couple of the, with our friend, Chris, right. Henry. And I, I, texted you guys and said, man, I'm so sorry. I just got tested positive. You guys might want to be on the lookout and and just take care of yourself. And if you do feel like you you may have symptoms, get tested, find out. Uh, Don't wonder. I think for me, not knowing would have been worse than actually knowing. I think once, once I got the positive, I'm like, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's figure this out. And then I've called a friend who had COVID about two weeks before me. And again, it goes back to friends and community. I learned a lot from him. What 
he was taking zinc and vitamin D and vitamin C and said, get outside and get some sunshine. And he said, day seven is going to be the worst. And it was Mm -hmm. kind of leaning on your friends and your community during this time has been, you know, super helpful for me. So I would say just take it seriously, but don't be fearful. Look to people that maybe have some wisdom lean on those folks. And, uh, and I think everything will, will turn out, turn out fine. Yeah. Well, Jeff looking and from afar, six feet or more from you, uh, <laughs> actually in a different, a different area. I think you've done a really nice job of not being fearful. Like you said, just being measured in your approach, being wise, taking time for yourself and, and doing what you know to do. And, um, you know, if all things go well, maybe in a few days, you'll be, you know, back. Obviously missed you a lot on the race, but looking forward to having you get out there. And we've got plenty of time to, to, to run. So thanks for the advice, Jeff. And, uh, you know, listeners, you've got a great community around and, and we're always here to support and, uh, and to encourage you guys just like a podcast. And speaking of the race, I have to brag on Mr. Pritt for a second. He and Timmy time and our friend Richard all finished top 20 in the race this weekend. Yeah. So well, well, well I was thank you. From afar. I was watching ultra sign up to see how you guys are doing and you crushed it. Uh, well, thank you so much. Yeah. I think you, you texted us our results before we even were able to get back to the car, <laughs> but you know, Jeff, I'll tell you one thing. We actually met some people out there. Like I mentioned before, we, um, one guy who came up to us had recognized our voice, you know, from the podcast and talked to us. We met some really cool people. Some people from our Strava group were out there from the big ass runner super Strava group. And we met a few new people that were ultra runners that were new to the area from Colorado and just kind of, you know, kept on growing our community and stuff. And that's the one thing we love about races. So although it was done in a very, very safe manner, we were very thankful to, to have a real live race. So thanks, Jeff. Absolutely. Well, the show must go on, Stephen. And with that, let's get started on episode 16 of the Big Ass Runner podcast. Here we go. Well, Stephen, 2020 has been a difficult year, understatement. Yeah, it's been a, it's a little bit changed. I think anybody who woke up and, and heard about 2020, uh, I saw a funny video the day with Michael J. Fox, and, and he was talking about traveling back in time. He's like, whatever you do, don't travel back to 2020. <laughs> I sent him into the future. No doubt about it. But there's something about trail runners who, even in the midst of difficult times, find things to be thankful for. And here in the States, we're entering the Thanksgiving season. And I know not everybody listening is in the States. We've got listeners all over the world, Stephen, everywhere. Every We, we listed the countries last time. Right. So cool how many listeners we have all over. But I think everyone agree it's a good time of year to think about those things that we are thankful for. Yeah, I think that's kind of a, a little bit of a, a merit badge that a lot of uh, trail runners do is just perseverance, pushing through no matter what the circumstances are. And part of that ability to push ahead is having that gratitude and being thankful for for what we do have. So Stephen, I reached out to a couple of our listeners and had them send in some audio clips, just having them tell us what they're thankful for this year. The first one is from our buddy, Tom. Tom is part of our Strava group. In fact, Stephen, I think he tends to lead the mileage of our Strava <laughs> group. He is a good runner. Yeah, he tends to be up on top of the leaderboard. If you guys don't know, we have a Strava group and you can join in with that, but it somehow calculates uh, 
the number of miles and and Tom is just a beast out there running and doing a fantastic job. So Stephen, let's hear what Tom's thankful for. Hey everyone, this is Tom Ando and I am a big ass runner from Fort Erie, Ontario in Canada. This year, what I can say I'm thankful for a few things. First of all, for running. 2020, obviously, like most other people, uh, it's been rough. Been out of work since March and running has kind of uh, been my escape. Been able to take my uh, running goals to the next level. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the health that allows me to run. There's a lot of people out there who aren't as fortunate as us to be able to run so much. Thankful for my wife, Taylor. She's been my rock through this year. And being an American citizen that married a Canadian, I'm very thankful to have two Thanksgivings. And I'm thankful, lastly, for the Big Ass Runner community. It's been fun getting to know you guys, and I look forward to being a part of this as everything grows. That's really cool, Stephen, the fact that he's been out of work since March. I know a lot of people in this area, because of COVID, actually all over the world, right? I've been out of, either out of work or furloughed, and he's really leaning on running during this time to kind of help him through it. Yeah, I think that's one of the beautiful things about trail running and ultra running. He's done a lot of marathons and done at least one one ultra, but you know, it gives you something to do. You know, I see a lot of articles right now just about mental health and stuff, and just having being thankful, like like Tom said about for having the ability to go run and do things and. I don't know if you guys know much about Tom too, but uh, he's a great follower on Instagram, but he's really had some cool transformations. So this is nothing new to him. And uh, he lost a significant amount of weight. I'm sure he probably owes a lot of that to diet and, and trail running, but just Tom really thanks so much for inspiring us and helping us keep focus on what's really important in life, like family and things and having the ability to be healthy and, and run. And so awesome job. Very cool to hear. And two Thanksgivings. That's a bonus. I mean, yeah. I mean, who, who doesn't want more Turkey? I don't know what, what a Canadian Thanksgiving entails, but Hey, I'll take two Thanksgivings any day. Really appreciate the end there. We've talks about the community and we feel that way, Steve. And I think one of the things we're most thankful for this year is the community that's been building around this podcast, but it's really around trail running. We just happen to be a little part of that. Yeah, I think that's been a, a, something that I would say we're, we're very thankful for as we kind of started out with the podcast. One thing I'm really thankful for is just everybody encouraging each other. I like to see on Strava and Instagram where I see some of our, our runners and they're actually following other runners. And then it's just kind of this organic thing happening on both of those platforms. Very thankful for that and feel like we've got a extended family out there. Hi, this is Dana, a big-ass runner from Northern Virginia. This year I'm really thankful for, believe it or not, races being canceled. I used to train with my next race as my only focus. Not having any races has changed my mindset and gotten me back to the most basic. I run because I love running. And another thing that I'm thankful for this year and every year is pie. So, Stephen, I thought that was such an interesting perspective. She is thankful because, I man, I'm, every time a race gets canceled, I'm like, ah, oh, dang it, race got canceled. This sucks. But she has a totally different perspective. Yeah, I think that's really a good reminder. You know, Jeff, as, as she sent that in, I was thinking about sometimes when I run, it's good sometimes every once in a while. I know, heaven forbid, 
to maybe not bring the garment and just to run without looking at times and stuff and and just taking an opportunity, leveraging that and rekindling the love of running, like she said, just for the sake of running. And I think that's such an important thing and such a cool perspective to to, to really bring up. Is that legal, running without a Garmin? I guess so. I've, I've heard it's possible. I, it or not. I don't know. I've never taken my watch off, so I, I'm not really sure. But And then I thought it was really funny, Pi. Steven, here's my guess. I'm just going to make a wild guess. Knowing you and knowing kind of what kind of eater you are, I'm going to guess you're not a huge fan of Pi. I think it's too much touching and, and things flowing together that you're not a fan of the pie. That's just a guess. You know, Jeff, you you probably know me a little too well. So, I mean, to me, a pie, it's like either be a cake or be pudding, but pie is kind of like somewhere in the middle. It doesn't know quite what it wants. And there's things like this disgusting thing called pumpkin pie this time of year. No, easy. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't mind. Uh, I grew up a little bit in the South for my childhood. So, a good pecan pie, I'm I'm down for that, but that's about the only pie. I, I'm I'm not a huge huge pie fan, but I do I do love sweets. So um, you've you've got me there for sure. So yeah, I have a I have a theory on pecan pie. All right, let me let's hear this. Right, pecan pie is either fantastic, right? It's got that jelly, gooey, yummy thing with the you know pecans on top and the soft crust, or it is disgusting. You you put your fork in it. It kind of explodes and dust settles. It's just, it's crusty. It's gross. It's either one or the other. There's no middle ground, Stephen, with the pecan pie. Yeah, I think you're right, Jeff. I, I've, I've had that too. You know, a good, a good classic pecan pie, maybe with a little bourbon or something. And it's sometimes chocolate chips. No, let's not deviate too much, but a good classic pecan pie is, is kind of hard to come by. What about you guys? Do you guys and your family for Thanksgiving, do they have a certain pie you guys do you have every year or are you guys a pie family? Yes, we are a pie family. We typically have a pumpkin pie, which I love, as everyone knows. We tend to have a pecan pie. And again, with pecan pie, for some reason, if you leave it in two seconds too long, it overcooks. And then we have the apple pie. Quick funny story. When I was engaged to my wife, we were going to my family for Thanksgiving. And my wife, Allison, who's a great cook, by the way, but you know, she's, this is back when she's in her early twenties. So she has more experience now feeding this Clydesdale anyway. <laughs> and she wanted to make an apple pie and she'd never really made one before. So she you know, got the lattice and the whole thing. Well, she overfilled the pie with apples and she thought, well, you know, it looks like half a basketball, but I'm sure it'll bake down, right? I'm sure it's going to bake down. It didn't bake down. So she went and. <laughs> With this half a basketball pie and my sweet little family, they, they all got pieces because they knew she had brought it and they're kind of fighting through this raw apples and oh my God, it was so every time I think about an apple pie, I always have to think of that story. Yeah, I, we have a similar one where my dad uh, grew up in Ohio, the Columbus area. I know we have a few runners out there in Columbus, and he's a huge cherry pie fan. And when my parents were first married, my mom went to create this cherry pie and you know put a lot of effort into it. A similar story was her first pie. Uh, my dad was excited for it. He went to take a bite of it. And he said, this is really good, but it doesn't taste like my mom's pie. Oh, boy. Yeah. And let me ask you this, Jeff. How many 
how many cherry pies do you think um, have have been around in our home since that comment? I would say probably zero. That is correct. Yeah, for fifty years of marriage, there has not been one more cherry pie left in our family. So just a little, a little wisdom we're on the on the pie front. Mom set the bar way too high. Yes, exactly. Well, hey, listen. Dana, thank you so much. That was that was really awesome. And and like you said, Jeff, there's so much, you know, obviously going on this year, but there is a lot to be thankful for. And I think just, you know, like trail runners, it's just fighting the good, persevering, you know, having that can do, you know, figure it out mentality. A lot of trail runners I hear about that. All of us have these overcoming stories and just focusing on things of being thankful for is is really key. So Tom and Dana, thank you so much. And we didn't plan this segment for me to have COVID, but it's certainly timely for me too to think about the things I'm thankful for. And two days, hopefully two days away from getting released from quarantine, certainly thankful for freedom, Stephen. Yes. And we're looking forward to having you back out there as well, too. Well, Stephen, that is awesome to hear from two listeners. We actually have two more next week. Oh, I can't wait. Pretty exciting. And I think this week we'll also do some things on social media to kind of find out what some of the other listeners are thankful for this time of year as well. Yes, we definitely will do that and want to hear some people's favorite pie stories as well. Pie stories are the best. <laughs> are the best story. Well, Stephen, with that, that is what we're thankful for. So bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye Singing this'll be the day that I die This'll be the day that I die Did you write the book of love and do you have faith in... Well, Stephen, one of the things we love to do is give shout-outs and kudos to the big-ass runners out there just getting it done. Who do we have today, Stephen? Well, Jeff, today we actually have Megan Stanley, and she's at Starstruck42 underscore in training, and she is amazing. If you guys have not followed her on Instagram, she's an ultra runner in training. She does yoga, and she posts a lot about just some cool adventures that she has out in the community. Just a really amazing lady out there doing some some great stuff, and she recently had a really cool post. We were kind of just talking about things that we're thankful for. And she was thankful for her treadmill. And she had some really good points about, you know, typically we call it the treadmill or things we don't like about the treadmill. But she brought out some really good points about why she's thankful to have a treadmill on days when she can't get out and run. So we just wanted to give a shout out to, to Megan. She's doing an awesome job out there training for some ultras and looks like she's just having a ton of fun going out there and just seeking adventures and going after it. So Megan, thank you so much for following us and congratulations. And we're so proud of all that you're doing out there. Way to go, Megan. Well, Stephen, last week we had a brand new segment called That's a Stretch, where we brought on Megan Gould. By the way, we had great feedback from Megan teaching us some of the myths and truths about stretching. Yeah, she did an awesome job. And I think a lot of the listeners really appreciated some of the things that that Megan brought out about stretching. I know I did. And we had a lot of comparisons to flossing and, you know, probably got some stern talkings too from a few folks about (laughs) flossing. We know we need to do more of both. Right. But we also unveiled two truths and a stretch of the truth. And we're about to reveal which of the three 
are the truths and which is the stretch of the truth. Well, yeah, we had a lot of people on Instagram trying to comment on which which ones were truth and which ones were maybe a stretch of the truth. So, Jeff, I don't know, maybe we'll give away some prizes to some of the winners. Well, Stephen, do you want me to unveil my list first or do you want to do it one at a time? How do you want to do this? Well, Jeff, I think we should do this. Let's go in order and then as we talk, we'll reveal which one is a truth and a lie and maybe we'll give a little bit of a story behind each one of them. Okay, Stephen, you ready? My first one was... I was second team all district tight end in high school. Yeah, I think, Jeff, this was an interesting one. So was that one a truth or a lie? I think we had a lot of people questioning about this one. Actually, no one guessed this to be the stretch of the truth. And the truth is... I quit football in seventh grade. What? I think you fooled everybody. I know. I look like a tight end. I'm a Clydesdale. A lot of, a lot of Clydesdale tight ends out there. In seventh grade, I had my little Rydell helmet on. I was playing linebacker, weighed about a buck 20. And Eric Gilstrap, who in seventh grade was the size of a full ass grown man, <laughs> took the ball, ran. I filled the hole like a linebacker should. He monster trucked me right over, stepped on my chest on the way over. I quit that day. I was done with football. <laughs> that was it. Eric Gilstrap with one fell swoop ended my very promising football career. Wow. The fact that you actually remembered his name is awesome. So Well, he did go he went on to play at Baylor. So he was a legit D one player in seventh grade, no lie. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, your short-lived career in football definitely fooled a lot of people. So awesome. Well, we're so glad that you quit football and and now are uh, a trail runner. Yeah, they don't run over you in basketball quite so much. You do take charges from time to time, but yeah, it was a little bit safer in basketball, I found out. Yeah, now you just have to to dodge trees and snakes and, you know, horses and those kinds of things. Horses, yes, yes no doubt. <laughs> All right, Stephen, what was your first one? So my first one was around in high school as well. And the statement was that I have run a mile in under four minutes and 30 seconds. And that one actually is a truth. Yeah, in high school, I did run track and cross country. My my junior year of high school, I ran a mile in four minutes and 28 seconds. However, most people think that that's pretty fast and it is a, it is a good clip. But just to get people reference, so I actually grew up in Missouri and and did run at the state track meet. And that year, my good friend and training partner actually won the mile in state, but he also ran that in four minutes and 15 seconds. So those of you guys that know a little bit about track and field, that 13 seconds seems like an eternity. So even though it was good, it was not nearly good enough to, to win state. I don't know. I think it's good enough, Stephen. <laughs> four four twenty eight is, is nothing I've ever seen. I think I can run one lap in four twenty eight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I still think that I live in the glory days, but nowhere near those those times today for sure. Well, that's good, Stephen. My number two is I was a hand model earlier in my career. We now know that is true. What this was the most people thought was the stretch of the truth. Little story behind this. So early in my career, in fact, this is my dream job. This is early you know, marketing guy. I was the baseball card brand manager 
for pinnacle trading cards. Whoa. So what that meant was I managed all the, the baseball cards. And I don't know if you know anything about baseball cards, but there's basically two kinds of cards. There's commons, which are common, right? They're your, your you know, your players. Right. And something called a chase card, which are less common. You might find one a pack, maybe one a box, maybe one a case. So you're you're chasing these. That's why they call them chase cards. Right. And, and so I'd come up with cool different themes. And the theme I came up with was called Get a Grip. It was about pitchers and the different pitches that they threw. Knuckleball, slider, forcing fastball, etc. They needed a hand model to hold the ball, and that was me. So my little chubby fingers are on baseball cards all over the place. Uh, probably a little hard to find now. This is back in the mid-90s. But yes, my hand is on the front of many baseball cards in a card concept called Get a Grip. Wow, Jeff, you're famous. I, f- I feel like now I need to go find one of those and chase one of them and and have you sign it i mean having your hands i don't think i'll 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 look at your hands the same after that all right steven what was your second one second one jeff was that i have been to brad pitt's house the actor not some random guy named brad pitt and that actually is a truth as well so yeah you you actually got pretty close on this one jeff so i went to college in springfield missouri and brad pitt is actually from springfield missouri he went to kickapoo high school there and one of my good friends in college this was right around when brad was first starting his career said hey you want to go to brad pitt's house and i thought he was joking and i was like sure and so we drove to this house and he rang the doorbell and he's like hi mr and mrs pitt and uh, it was Brad's parents. And he's like, do you mind if we jump on the trampoline? They're like, sure, Robbie, come on in. And we went in the backyard and jumped on their trampoline. And he actually had grown up with Brad Pitt and lived in the neighborhood and stuff. So um, obviously he was not there at the time, but uh, I physically have been to his childhood home and, and met his parents. And jumped on his trampoline. I know. I mean, oh. I mean, you know, it doesn't get better than that. So yes, I've, I've, oh. I've jumped on the trampoline of Brad Pitt. Very cool. I think a lot of people miss that one. Yeah. So Jeff, tell us, tell us about number three for you. Yes, Stephen. So my third one was I officiated a quinceanera on live television in Mexico. And as we now know, that is also true. What? Yes. Little story behind this. So I had the pleasure of getting to visit a orphanage in Nuevo Laredo, which is just across the border from Texas into Mexico, uh-huh. an orphanage called Casa Hogar Lim. I got the opportunity to visit these kids once a month for about four years. And so I just fell in love with them, obviously, built great relationships with them over over the years. They taught me so much about just being thankful in all circumstances and joy and Tons of lessons that we can talk about at a later time. But one of my biggest honors of my life, and, and Stephen, I think you know this about the Mexican culture, but when a girl turns 15, she goes from girl to woman. Mm-hmm. And same for, same for the boys, too. And so the quinceanera is a celebration of that transformation. And when they turn 15 on their 15th birthday, they have a quinceanera. And let me tell you, they know how to do a party. (laughs) Yeah, we think we know how to do birthday parties here in the States. Uh Uh-uh. They know how to do a party. And again, one of the probably biggest honors of my life is they asked me to officiate one of the biggest ones. There were, I think, seven or eight girls and boys getting having their quinceanera and asked me to officiate it. 
a couple of problems. One is I had never been to a quinceanera. So I wasn't really sure. Thankful for Google, you learn how to actually officiate a quinceanera. And secondly, I don't speak Spanish. And so had to get a buddy of mine translate. So we get there and we get all suited up. We're wearing our suits. And, you know, in the Mexican culture, things start, you know, a little later than, you know, the U.S. were real prompt and yeah. they're a little more basical, which I actually love. And so we get there like right on time, right on time. The doors, like there's all this noise. I'm like, what is like, there's just people in this church and noise and chaos. And so me and my buddy is going to translate the doors fling open and it is packed and there are cameras everywhere. And the lady that runs the orphanage was up at this on the stage pointing at me like, get up here now. <laughs> wow. And what I didn't realize was this was starting on time and it was going to be on regional television. And so what? I ran up there and did my best. We had a quinceanera ceremony. We had a party. One of my favorite memories of all time. But yes, I have officiated a quinceanera on live television in Mexico. Wow. Again, you're just famous. I mean, between the cards and your TV appearances in Mexico, that is that is really impressive, Jeff. So, Stephen, I think your last one has to be your stretch of the truth. Yeah, Jeff, you're right. A lot of people got this one right. So this is my stretch. Um, the statement was that I had been to the country of Madagascar, and that is incorrect. I would love to go there sometime. And, and like you, Jeff, we have a common bond over traveling and, and working with underprivileged people. So I've been to places like Mexico and Peru and Kenya and Egypt and places like that. So I have never been to Madagascar, but have traveled and been very fortunate to do that and do some work overseas. Um, so that is is my stretch, but uh, maybe one day. But I, you know, a little little side fact, you know, there is that famous movie about penguins from Madagascar. But a funny fact is there actually are penguins that reside in, in the island country of Madagascar. No way. Yeah. So more than just vanilla, they actually have penguins too. Fantastic. Well, congratulations to everybody who got these right. Although I don't think anyone actually guessed my stretch correctly. Most people thought it was the hand model. Yep. I think you, you won the prize for fooling the most people for sure. Yeah. I guess I just look like a tight end. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yes. Well, Stephen, with that, that is the segment called That's a Stretch. Stephen, believe it or not, that is the end of episode 16, the COVID edition. We promise, here's our promise to you, the big ass runner community out there. Episode 17 will be COVID free. Yes, I think we'll we'll have a nice sweet 16, but 17 will be COVID free. And hopefully you'll be able to, to start your journey back on the trails, Jeff. I sure the heck hope so. <laughs> well, you know, Jeff, we like to always ask for one thing at the end of every episode. And, and one thing we really appreciate is uh, we really are enjoying all the people that are joining the big ass community. Uh, we call our herd. And one way that you can really help us is to write a review on Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us through the Apple platform, 
Um, when somebody rates and reviews and writes a little review, just a short few sentences, that really, really helps us out because how things get ranked and scored, it lets more people be aware of the podcast. So if you enjoy the podcast and have a few minutes, we would really appreciate you taking some time and writing a quick review. And that'll allow more people to have the ability to, to listen to the podcast. Sounds great, Stephen. Well, Jeff, that concludes episode number 16, our sweet 16. I uh, really enjoy doing this and hopefully you guys too. Until then, we encourage you to get out there, enjoy the trails. And keep running your asses off. Mm-hmm.